When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An open and shut case. Finding the evidence and knowing exactly who did what. In a perfect world, that's just how the justice system should work. However, we don't live in a perfect world. The case against Ryan Waller seemed to be an open and shut case. However, as the hours ticked by and his interrogation began, things started to shift. And soon, police would find themselves in a very bizarre situation as they let Ryan walk out the door. Welcome back. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. It is a true crime podcast. That's just facts. Mm-hmm. I don't have a happening. What else is new, eh? What do you mean? What else is new? That I don't have it? No, that it's a true crime podcast. We're oh. a podcast. Hello. Well, I mean, we're approaching episode 90, so I would assume Holy by now heck. it's known. Where um, does the time go, eh? Oh, man. Tell me about it. Um, but I do have whiskey, so that, that's that's a nice thing. And it's July. It is. Um, so we just had Canada Day long weekend. Happy Canada Day. And then it's going to be uh, July, July 4th, 4th for Memorial our, Day. Um, our American friends down in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to blow off your thumbs with fireworks uh, on the celebrations because that is something that occurs pretty much every year. That that happens to someone? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, people using fireworks, so... They can be... They're like, I, I'm a bit afraid of them. They can be pretty dangerous. Well, yeah. People get a little bit uh, overconfident, especially... Or they're drinking. Especially with consumption of alcohol. Oh, that's where you're going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and accidents definitely occur. And it's on the rise every time their celebrations uh, revolving around fireworks, so... Well, I also think people, too, just think... I don't know... More and more so that they're like invincible. We think we're getting more and more invincible in a sense. That's true. I feel like that. I know. I think I get personally, but I get more and more invincible. I think the more I drink. So yeah, (laughs) I can feel that. Uh, What are we going to talk about today? Oh, oh, we had one hell of an episode over on Patreon. Yeah. Um, The exclusive episode. Nicole led us through that. Do you want to give us a little quick rundown on what happened? Uh, two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> yep. Just kidding. That's a little inside joke that you have to go over there too to get. Yep. Um, but yeah, we covered the Canadian case on um Albert Johnson Walker. So this did. He stole a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He stole some identities. Mm-hmm. He murdered someone. Mm-hmm. Among some other shit. 
Yeah. So he was a bad mofo. Like he was shady as fuck. That was one hell of a case. So it really, it was a case that was like a soap opera and there was a lot of twists and turns and you never knew what the heck was going to happen. But it was, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. If you want to listen to that, you got to head over to Patreon. We drop an exclusive episode the last day of every month for our patron listeners. So you can go go one over there, sign up and listen, listen to the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else we got to, oh, Okay. There, you sent me a link today. I did, yeah. Regarding a movie that is being made. Apparently, what was it, a life on Lifetime or something? Yeah, Lifetime is making a movie on the case of Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. We just talked about an update the other day, and I, I'm assuming this means all the information is out. We haven't been following the case too closely, but if they're making a movie, they know everything. So I feel like it's so soon. Too soon? I don't I know. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say. I feel like it's a bit soon, but I mean, it's a year ago or so. Yeah, it was 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm curious to see it. I'm, I think I'm going to wait until that movie comes out. I'm going to watch the shit out of that. And then I'm going to dive into research. And then we're going to cover that case fully and do it full justice. Again. Yeah. Because yeah. we we did it already, but we did it a little rushed. Um, I mean, we were trying to be like, Hey, let's get it out there. Let's be one of the first podcasts to cover this. And to our own fault, uh, we fell for some falsified information that uh, the media was putting out. And like the next day it was realized that that was false information. So yay. Yeah. Cause you cannot always trust the media. Holy heck. No, it we, is unreal. We got it from reliable sources too. Yeah. It's not their fault either. It was no. falsified information. So that's what happens yeah. when you go a little bit too soon without confirming facts and we did that we're not going to do that again so but the media can also um twist things into a certain way to oh yeah to sell and you know so um and speaking of media there was another news article that came out today yeah you shared this with one with me this is wild um so every year there is this crazy cool stampede that happens in a little old town just south of us called williams lake about three hours or so away i'd say yeah about that three hours um so about 300 kilometers away they have this crazy cool stampede it is actually quite large for the small town big deal yeah um people travel from all over to go to this this stampede um, apparently there was a shooting in behind the stands. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I can't even imagine that happening there to be honest, yeah, but it's nuts. So two people were allegedly injured and are currently in hospital. Uh, one is, uh, arrested and they are on the search for another potential shooter. Um, and this happened just today. So yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, such a small town too. That's going to just shake everyone for sure. hundred percent. Especially because this was the first time the stampede happened since COVID. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's yeah. sad. Things are just kind of slowly opening up again and then shit like that happens. Yeah. So. Huh. So that's terrible and tragic to hear. I hope those two people make a full recovery and they get both the individuals responsible in the shooting. Well, yeah, maybe there'll be a bit more details coming out, too, because I'd like to know what the heck went on there. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, finally, we are, we, I think we mentioned this before, that we're going to be tackling some more lesser known cases. Mm-hmm. Not that we are not doing some of the bigger known ones as well. Oh, yeah, because I still have some big ones on my list. Yeah. Oh, so do I. Trust me. Um, and people still want us to cover some of the bigger ones to hear our, you know, our take. Our take, exactly. So. Those are definitely going to happen too, but you guys seem to really like it when we cover these lesser known cases. 
Um, and I found out recently in my endeavors of trying to learn the wonderful world of Reddit that it is a great resource for some of these lesser known cases. I'm not even a hundred. I'm not very versed on Reddit. You should be. It's, I'm not certain what it even is, to be honest. It's it's a forum. <laughs> okay, where people just like, it's like a kind of a blog-ish yeah. thing. You okay. can go in there and search topics and then people just post on these topics. I have used Reddit before for looking at some cases and stuff, but I never just like have gone in there. It's always come up on like a Google search. Or yeah, something. and then you follow that link and you're yeah. In, yeah, then you yeah. get into it. Um, well, thanks to Reddit. That's how I found out about the case today. The case of Ryan Waller and Heather Kwan. Hmm. Super cool. This is a roller coaster of a case. So if you don't know this case, buckle your seatbelts. If you do know it, you know what's going to happen. Uh, so don't tell anyone. Shh. Okay. Okay. Just, just let I'm everyone else. I'm pretty sure that I don't know this case. Well. You were going to do a different one originally, right? That I did know. Yes. This one. Okay. This one I don't know. Yeah. So this one takes place on Christmas Day of 2006. I was thinking of saving this yeah. for next Christmas, but... Uh, I was like, you should have saved this for Christmas. Those are hard to find. <laughs> no, this I, I wanted to do this one right away. Okay. Uh, so it takes place in Desert Hills, Arizona. Okay. So Heather Kwan was a 21-year-old college student. She was a kind soul who she had the need to help other people, which was evident by her teen years. She would spend many of her weekends out volunteering for foundations to help underprivileged kids. Uh, she even dreamed of helping people in her adult years, which is why she aspired to become a defense lawyer and most likely what she was beginning to study in her post-secondary education as well. Nice. So right off the bat, super awesome person. No kidding. Now at the time, she was at a place with her boyfriend, Ryan, Ryan Waller. Uh, she was living there with him and Ryan was a bit younger than her and Ryan was 18 years old and Ryan was a gun enthusiast. Nothing wrong with that. Just going to say that there. There are many people who are gun enthusiasts. That does not make you a bad person. It's if you misuse yes. your, your power. You, you can know? still be responsible with that. 100%. Mm -hmm. um, now, on the night of December 23rd of 2006 is when we're going to go to. Okay. Okay. So we're backtracking two days. We are. Okay. Because on December 23rd, Heather went to Ryan's, or sorry, Heather was at Ryan's place where she lived with him, and she was there. They were enjoying a, a movie and a pizza night specifically. Nice. I want one of those. But nobody had heard from them since. The two days rolled by to December 25th, Christmas Day, and neither of them showed up for the Christmas Day celebra celebrations. They had planned to visit Ryan's father, Don, on Christmas, but... They didn't show. He made dinner and was left there waiting. Oh, my goodness. That's not good. Yeah. So Don clearly tried to contact both of them and was unfortunately unable to connect. No one answered either phone. Now, this was very abnormal. It was very uncharacteristic of them to not answer. It was very uncharacteristic of them to not show up or, you know, let him know or not be in contact. So he was immediately worried. Well, especially I feel like being that time of year, Christmas. Right. Stuff, you would, you're, very, you're more so involved and in contact with family. Oh, definitely. You usually have schedules planned. Who's bringing what for dinner or exactly. whatever. And yeah. if you got multiple families you're stopping off at, you know, you're going to be planning that all out too, right? There's a lot of people you're in contact with around that time. Yeah. Not for everyone, though. Not for everyone. Yeah, but, but generally speaking. Yeah, generally. I mean, 
It's too much. <laughs> yeah, it is. Honestly, Christmas is Christmas is a good time of year, but it's not my favorite. It's just too yeah. much. It used opinion. to be my favorite, but it gets a little bit daunting sometimes. And the consumerism gets me. The consumerism 100%. bothers me so much. 100%. Um, so anyways, our opinions aside, Don ended up calling the police. He was concerned and he wanted them to do a welfare check on, on uh, Ryan and Heather. Okay. So police arrived at their door and they knocked with no answer. The police also saw someone's car in the driveway. They weren't sure if it was Ryan or Heather's, but there was someone's car in the driveway at least. So potentially someone was home. Exactly, yeah. They looked in the in the windows and they saw some lights on. Not too many, but there was some lights on. Again, maybe someone's home, but there's nothing too sure about it. Nothing to really confirm. And with no one answering the door, there's no way to know for sure. So they knocked again. And this time they made it clear who they were. They said, police... We're here to issue a wellness check. Is anyone home? This time, it didn't go unanswered. They heard the sound of the door being unlocked from the inside, and the latch clicked and swung open, with Ryan standing in the doorway. Now, immediately, police could tell something wasn't right. Ryan was standing in front of him with a massive black eye and a gash on the side of his nose, and a couple other cuts on his face as well. Now, when I say his eye... Like, he had a black eye. I mean, like, this was bad. The bruising was pretty much as dark as it gets, and it surrounded the entirety of his left eye, like his whole eye socket. Yikes. Just, like, as dark as can be for a bruise. So behind him, police could also see a woman laying on the couch. They began to explain to Ryan that they were there for the wellness check, and his father had called concerned. And they asked Ryan what had happened to his eye. Ryan was acting really odd. He said he didn't know what happened to his eye and he seemed very evasive and nonchalant about the whole situation. The police asked if the woman on the couch behind him, if that was Heather, to which Ryan responded, yes, but Heather was sleeping. So he didn't want to disturb her or wake her up. Okay. I was like, is she alive? But she, that doesn't really answer the question. It doesn't. And now being that this is a wellness check, however, sleeping doesn't matter to the police. They're like, well, we're not going to not wake her up. We need to check and make sure she's okay. Okay, right? good. I thought they might have just taken that as so. No, they need to confirm that both people are in fact okay. Okay, good. Especially considering the initial appearance of Ryan and the exactly. bruising of his face, right? So after some more conversations between Ryan and the police and some convincing, uh, Ryan eventually accepted that they needed to wake up Heather to check on her as well. So he stepped aside and let the police in. No problem. Okay. Once they approached Heather, however, things took a quick turn for the worse because Heather wasn't sleeping on the couch. She was laying there in her own blood. Heather had suffered a single gunshot wound to the head and it was clear to the police due to her condition that this would have occurred a few days ago. Oh, no. Okay, that's what I was not hoping was the case. That is the exact case. But that, so you almost wonder if he was like, positioned that so that, oh, just like you can see her feet like she's just sleeping. Meanwhile, she's like dead on the couch. Holy heck. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say something. There is a major twist in this case. You're allowed to speculate all you want as I'm talking, okay? 
Okay. I am not going to confirm, deny, or go into conversations with any of it. So literally, that's just our normal life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so, so what you're saying is you think Ryan could have potentially been positioning her on the couch to try and convince police that she was asleep rather than deceased. Well, potentially that was my initial thought. Yeah. Okay. Like that would be because your hope would be open the door and like, yeah, I'm good. Everything's good, whatever. Yeah. And then they just leave and don't actually come in to like make sure that Heather is alive and well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because that could happen potentially. Some oh, definitely. police maybe just, okay, yeah, like it's Christmas, like whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah I see you're sleeping there. Yeah, awesome. that, that makes sense. Um, well, clearly that's not what happened. They clearly went in. They saw her, unfortunately passed away, and immediately Ryan was arrested and in police custody. Yeah. But Ryan seemed a little confused. He didn't know why he was being arrested or exactly what was going on. So he's in shock, potentially. Well, he didn't resist, and he was put into the backseat of the squad car, squad car while more police processed the scene and paramedics attended to Heather. Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of like, what's going on? Like, why am I arrested? What's happening? So Ryan would sit in the backseat of the car for several hours before police would know how to process this. After all, I mean, they were just performing a routine wellness check, right? And then they knock on the door and they stumble onto basically a murder scene. Mm -hmm. um, so eventually, uh, Ryan would have ended up at the police station and interrogations regarding the incident would begin with Ryan at 5.08 a.m. Okay. Now, the full interrogation footage is actually available online. Oh, right. I remember you saying that. Yes. You can watch this whole thing on YouTube. I've watched it about three times now. Um, probably more if you include going back for clips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so as it begins, Ryan walks into the room dressed in a complete white jumpsuit that clearly the, the investigators put him into. I'm assuming to take his clothes for evidence. Right. Okay. And looking very visibly fatigued and uncomfortable. He's often like swaying back and forth or changing positions and like very uncomfortable. And he's even moaning at times, just being like, oh, so he's, he's not having a good time. He is cuffed to the table in the room and sits down on the corner chair as he waits for the questioning to begin. The first thing that happens in interrogation is that they begin taking pictures of the bottom of his feet. And I'm presuming this is for forensic reasons. Maybe it could be footprints found in the house or somewhere around the scene. Okay. I was like, why? <laughs> okay, that makes yeah. sense though. So once this is going on, the very first thing Ryan says in this interrogation footage is, quote, man, I just want to go to sleep. To which the detectives in the room, the detective, sorry, in the room later responds, uh, if you have a concussion, you don't need to sleep. That's what the doctors will say. So clearly they assume he's got a concussion and they don't want him to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Which we we all know. If you have a concussion, you shouldn't be going yeah, to sleep. Yeah, no, you got to stay awake yeah, for sure. Because that can just cause brain damage or anything like that. So moments later, Ryan also did say, do I get to go home? Shortly after that, the immediate response from the detective is, should go to a doctor is where you should go. It's In like he has no idea what's going on at all. 
Seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm not going to be confirming or denying like anything. He has some sort of brain damage already or something. I'm wondering. You think so? Well, potentially. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he quite realizes the situation that he's in at all. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you just laughing at well, me? Well, because you're just like, yep, yep. Well, I, I, I can't say anything because. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but anyways, yeah, should go to a doctor's where you should go is clearly in reference to his bad bruised face. Yeah. Yes. So eventually the questionings do begin. Uh, and it begins with the reading of his rights and some rather base, basic questioning to open up. Things like, you know, his name, age, did he own the house, who lived there, um, the highest grade he achieved through high school. All of these questions went on only to stir confusion. Ryan mostly answered yes or no questions pretty vaguely or often answered with, I don't know. Well, some of those already like highest grade in high school. I mean, I wouldn't remember, but it's like this dude. Well, no, highest grade, like graduating. Like grade 12. Oh, yeah. okay. I see. Um, I see. But he's young too, isn't he? He's 18. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Ryan wasn't actually able to answer that question either. He didn't know. He didn't even know if he graduated. The detective at one point asked, do you have your GED? Um, I can't remember his response, but I'm pretty sure he says, I don't know to that exact question. I didn't have that one written down. Interesting. Um, the detective was clearly getting visibly frustrated as he asked Ryan these simple questions and Ryan was getting visibly frustrated as well with the situation. He was fidgeting and kept saying he just wanted to go home or wanted to go to sleep. He was clearly distracted. He was clearly upset. Now, anytime he did answer questions for the detective, it didn't usually make any sense like the previous ones or it contradicted itself. Um, contradicting something that he had already said in the interrogation questions from earlier. He would go on, he would say that Heather was his girlfriend and then that she was just a friend. He didn't know her last name. And then he said that she was only 16 or 17 years old when she was actually in her twenties. A lot of what he said, again, contradicting, not making sense. You look very confused right now. Well, no, I, I mean, I'm not, confused it all makes sense but it's just like weird it's just weird yeah to be like she's my girlfriend she's not my girlfriend not even knowing your age it's like she, he's maybe living in the past a bit or something you think so potentially mm -hmm. potentially i, I guess. feel like i don't want to say much because i'm going to be so wrong <laughs> <laughs> that something just the opposite of what i'm thinking is going to happen fair enough um, well, the officer knew much of the information Ryan was giving him wasn't true, but he kept prodding and kept trying to find out any simple information that he could. Eventually, he asked Ryan how he got the bruises on his face. To which Ryan responded, he didn't know. Which it sounded like it was a doozy of a bruise. You think you'd know. Oh, it's a doozy of a bruise. Um, but then later he would say that Heather actually did it. And that it was an accident. Something along the lines of while she was helping a friend do her hair, she accidentally hit him with her fist. Now, it seemed like the officer was getting somewhere, so he continued to push forward. But the answers again changed, and he repeated, I don't know. That, sorry, what was it initially that she was helping? 
or a friend was helping her do her hair and she hit him. Heather was helping a friend do her hair. And in that, she accidentally hit him in the face. Okay, which I mean could happen, but would it end up leaving that kind of a bruise in that situation? Who's to say? Now, the detective was again getting frustrated more and more so as time went on. The story was changing. Ryan clearly wasn't speaking the truth, no matter how hard he kept or how hard Ryan, bleh, no matter how hard he tried, Ryan kept up the same behaviors. There we go. Sorry, stumbled out a little bit. Um, even the questions, the exact question, I should say, what happened last night? Ryan responded with, I don't know. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Meanwhile, your girlfriend is dead on the couch. Eek. Yep. Now, not knowing what else to do, the detective makes a change in his tactic. He becomes much more aggressive in his approach, I should say, not physically or anything. Yeah. And at 5.42 a.m., he comes right out and says to Ryan, quote, there's a dead girl in your living room. And Ryan, though not very upset or shaken, seems surprised by this. And right then and there, something seemed to change with Ryan's story. He immediately began talking about how some people, um, quote, Richie and his dad, came over and shot both Heather and himself with a revolver. Okay. When he was asked where he was shot, Ryan replied he was shot in the eye. In the eye. That's what he said. Yeah, he said he was shot in the eye. Okay. Which. Meanwhile, he was just like punched or something in the eye. Well, I mean, the story doesn't seem to make much sense. How could someone get shot in the freaking eye and be around to sit here in interrogation and tell someone about it, right? Mm -hmm. The detective clearly didn't believe him. It seemed like Ryan was trying to put the blame on someone else or some sort of other incident. So this conversation continues and Ryan stays on course with this new story. He says two men, Richie and his dad, came over and entered through the back door. Richie used... Uh, Richie used to be his roommate. Oh. Uh, and then he entered and he shot him in the eye and then he shot Heather. After that, Ryan said he just wanted to go to sleep and he just wanted to let Heather sleep too, which is why he didn't call any ambulance. But of course, we know Heather wasn't sleeping. Dang, that's so sad. So where's your head at on this? Oh, my head is all over the place. Who the fuck is Richie for one? I need to know. And I'm wondering, like, my brain goes to, okay, well, did he get hit, um, shot in the eye, but, like, something was covering his eye? that, And then there was, like, some sort of an impact from that, like, and caused the black eye and, like, his concussion and everything. But, like, clearly he wasn't shot, actually shot. I'm trying to make sense of it. You're trying to make sense of it? Okay, well, keep yeah. trying to make sense of it. That's just totally cool. Yeah, but it's very sad. I mean... 
Heather probably didn't have a chance, like, if he did call someone and not, like, have her just sleep. But sounding like it, she probably didn't have a chance. No. Anyway, regardless. Um, regardless of what happened, clearly Heather did not have a chance, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. Um, so at one point in the interrogation, you can actually see the detective's frustration. Um, he, like, drops his pen on the table and his <sighs> arms kind of go up. Like, you can see... In that moment, he almost fights himself from like literally throwing his hands in the air. That's but fair, though. Because as he throws his hands in the air, he just begins and like puts them behind his head. But oh, you, my gosh. You can see the actual frustration as he quite literally throws his hands in the air and catches himself in that moment. See, I think that being a detective would be an awesome kind of like, a, well, I don't know if I should say awesome, but very interesting job. But then like interrogating and that sort of thing would just like. I just don't know if I could do it. I think I'd be like, this is shit. Some of the tactics involved in interrogation is incredible. Well, and you're in there for hours on end, well, right? Well, that, that's part of it too. They're trying to wear you down. Exactly. But your mind is probably always going like, how can I get yeah. this, this information out? And I feel like it'd be a very stressful job, mm -hmm. the interrogation. Well, I mean, all of it really. One of the tactics that I do know that they use, and it's actually used, um, I learned this one actually with another podcast I was on, um, is when you're having a conversation with an individual and you want more information, you just let them talk. You just, you don't say anything. Right. You just silence, mm -hmm. let them talk and they'll keep talking. So these, these detectives in interrogation, they will sit very close to you, yeah. make you very uncomfortable in your personal bubble and they will just stare at you. They will not look away and they will wait for you to talk. The first person who looks away basically loses. The detectives will not look away until you do. That's a tactic in a lot of things. Even when I was in a position of fundraising and stuff lots of times say if you like asked for a certain gift or something mm -hmm. right and like lots of people they get like they'll go in their head like oh my gosh i shouldn't have asked that or whatever and then they'll just like start yapping and like screw it up but like if you're just like quiet right and just like let the other person speak and stuff like things can happen yeah but it's very awkward and comfortable to do that it is but no matter how quiet this detective was it wasn't working he just would say nothing, basically. Ryan was wanting to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. He would be like, can you shut up so I can just have a nap? Pretty much. He would, at times, even put his head down on the table. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so the detective was quite literally at his wit's end. Um, and he finally decided to entertain this story of these two men coming in through Richie the back. Richie and someone. Yeah, Richie and his dad his coming dad. through the back um, and shooting Ryan and Heather. Can I clarify Richie and Richie's dad, correct? Yes, Richie and Richie's dad. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Richie and his and his dad. Just yeah. making sure it wasn't like his dad. Richie and Ryan's dad? No, yeah. it's Richie and Richie's dad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the detective is is starting to entertain this idea. And you can, you can see a shift in the whole attitude of this detective. Um, he begins to think, okay, what if Ryan was shot? What if Ryan was shot in the face? What if something did happen? So the detective decided he was going to get Ryan to lean in closer mm -hmm. and he was going to take a look at his face. And to his surprise, the detective could see a bullet hole. What? Yes. In his face. In his face. Okay. I was 110% not thinking that there was actually going to be a bullet hole. Yep. Where? I'll get into the details of where here in a little bit. That's crazy. Yep. 
So he called the fire marshal and uncuffed Ryan as they waited. Well, yeah, he needs medical assistance for sure. Yes. Uh, soon the fire marshal arrived. They begin assessing him with things like blood pressure. Um, and they arrived before the ambulance did. So they were doing this in the meantime. And soon uh, they took him to the hospital in the ambulance when it arrived. As it turned out, Ryan was telling the 100% truth. That he was actually shot He was in shot the in the eye. Well, I mean, he was telling the truth as best he could. The man had been shot in the face with a 22 caliber bullet and he had suffered a horrific head injury. So, of course, his memory is going to be foggy. Of course, his decision making wasn't very good. Well, the fact that he's even alive is insane. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's lucky enough that he survived and he was able to remember who shot him on top of it. How on earth did he survive? Well, as it turns out, this is how the story unfolds and I will answer that question here. Okay, thank you. So on December 23rd, Richie Carver, 23 years old, and his father, Larry Carver, 54 years old, entered their home. Richie had been a roommate of the couple about a month prior to the incident, and apparently Ryan got in a bit of a confrontation with Richie and kicked him out of the house after Richie began hitting on his girlfriend, Heather. Okay, that seems fair. Yeah. So Richie, in turn, decided he was going to plot some revenge and came back to the house, gun in hand, oh, with his dad tagging along with him. On that night, Richie and Larry tried to enter through the back glass sliding door of their place. But Ryan saw them through the glass trying to enter, and he tried to prevent them from getting in. As a struggle ensued, Ryan tries to tried to close the door on the two men, but Richie managed to reach his arm through the door before it was completely no. closed while holding the gun and pointed it towards Ryan and pulled the trigger. Wow, this guy meant business. He shot Ryan two times point blank in the face. But due to the extreme angle, Ryan thankfully didn't take direct hits. But Heather did. We'll get to Heather in a moment. The first bullet went through the right side of his nose and exited on the left side directly under his eye. It deflected against his bones and went back underneath his eye, lodging itself into his brain along with multiple skull fragments. Oh, shit. The second shot hit just above his left eye and grazed him enough that it just deflected off his skull while still breaking off a bone fragment. That is lucky. Yes. These injuries left a total of four bullet holes on his face. Wow. I can't believe how lucky that is. I mean, Grant, he still does have a bullet in his brain. Yes. From these shots, Ryan was knocked unconscious and dropped to the ground, and the two men were free to enter the home. Now, the men were only there for Ryan. However, Heather was now a witness. So Richie stepped over Ryan as he presumed he was now dead and proceeded to walk into the living room to find Heather cowering on the couch. Richie didn't hesitate. He walked right up to her, pointed the gun in her face and pulled the trigger, then left. Brutal. Yeah. Who the fuck is this? Like just a roommate? Like, I'm sorry, but what kind of argument could I, I mean, you already said, but it's like, that is not a reason. That there must is not have been a reason. Some ridiculous pride factor in getting kicked out, or 
something to do with, I don't know, maybe he couldn't get Heather and Ryan had her or something. I don't know. All I know is this Richie guy, douche canoe. Oh, totally. And the fact that his dad is just there with with doing all of this instead of being like, actually, that's a terrible idea. And like, we're not going to go and shoot your ex-roommate in his girlfriend. Yeah. Instead, he's like, oh, you want to go shoot some people up for an argument? I'll join sure, you. son. Wow. Yeah, that's great parenting. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So after they left, it's not known how long it was before Ryan woke up. But for the next two days, Ryan would have been left with massive pain in his head and a complete fog over his memory. He would have assumed Heather was sleeping on the couch and didn't want to disturb her and most likely forgot about the shooting entirely. He would have probably gone to bed and woke up the next day only to wander aimlessly about the house in a daze, doing so until, of course, the wellness check was issued by police when they arrived to find the horrific scene on Christmas Day. Okay, that's actually really sad, hey? Isn't it? You're just like wandering around your home aimlessly and like just think your girlfriend's sleeping? Yep. Oh my gosh. That's his state for two entire days. Gosh, that almost just takes me there, like fly on the wall watching that. Like that's I couldn't imagine sad. being in the, those shoes though. What he was going through, what he was suffering, what he was feeling alone, incredibly painful, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But what he was thinking, oh my God, I, I can't even imagine what was going through someone's head like that. Like, what would a person's thought be with a bullet lodged in your brain for two days? Well, the fact that he even survived and stuff and was probably sleeping and stuff and was like, it's almost amazing that he didn't just. Oh, it's miraculous. You know? Yeah. It's incredibly miraculous as far as I'm concerned. Survived two days of that. Yeah. With a bullet and skull fragments lodged in your brain. Oh my gosh. So for this reason alone, Ryan Waller is our badass of the day. Just saying that. That is pretty amazing. To survive. That's like a survival story right there and a half. Oh, is it ever? Um, Where am I here? Okay, yeah. So Richie and Larry Carver were later identified and arrested in, or sorry, were arrested. And in 2008, both men were convicted of felony murder, burglary, because after they did shoot them, they did steal some things from the home. Oh my gosh, of course. Aggravated assault and misconduct involving weapons. Richie Carver was sentenced to a term of natural life. However, Richie's father, a little bit of a different story. Okay, I thought you were going to say that Richie was like out or something. Um, No, the case against Larry was based mostly on confessions he made to his wife, and after she invoked her marital privilege right and refused to testify against her husband in court, the case against him was all but dismissed. The dad? Yes. What? So he got away scot-free. How? I don't get that. I'm assuming Richie was not uh, saying anything. Not throwing his dad under the bus, bus. basically. Yeah. So could have been just like, no, it was just me, blah, 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 blah. And there's nothing else you could say or do to prove that the dad was there. Except for the confessions he made to his wife, which the whole marital privilege thing. Well, what about, and they, can they not take the, um, what's his name again? Richie or Larry? 
Um, no, Heather's boyfriend. Ryan. Ryan. Can they not take Ryan's word at all? Or because like he was having some. I don't know. A lot going on in his mind there. They couldn't maybe. I don't know. There's not a lot of information on this case after the interrogation has taken place. Jeez. And there's probably a reason for that, but I'll touch on it here in a second. Uh Uh-oh. Does it just keep getting worse and worse here? We'll, we'll touch on it in this for in a second. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, so Richie Carver is serving a natural life sentence. So he never gets out basically. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, while his father is walking, walking the streets, hopefully not murdering any other people. Yep. Now as for Ryan, he was held in police custody for over six hours without any medical treatment not even assessment that six hours that could be causing or continuing to cause irreversible brain damage and hemorrhaging yes but he'd already spent two days that's true that's true and he would have spent longer if there wasn't for this wellness check but okay that's true Um, But eventually, when they finally realized that they had made a mistake and found the bullet holes in his face, he was rushed to the hospital where he was where he underwent immediate emergency surgery. Ryan thankfully survived the injury and the surgery, but he didn't come out of the surgery the same. To save him, they had to remove a portion of his brain and at least one of his eyes. Some Mm -hmm. sources say both um, and others say only one. Uh, Part of the reason for this is, again, because there's not a lot of information surrounding this case after the interrogation. However, Ryan, sorry, however Ryan was doing afterwards, I did find a picture of him after his surgery and after his recovery. And to me, it does look like he has his one natural eye saved and the other one has been replaced with a prosthetic. Okay. Um, But other reports also say, even though he still has his eye, he's still completely blind. So that's completely up for contention. Um, however, that is my speculation that he has his one eye and one prosthetic. So just throwing that out there. So while he did survive, his life would of course not be the same. And 10 years later, unfortunately, Ryan would succumb to a seizure and lose his life on the 20th of January in 2016, a seizure that was directly correlated to the injury sustained and directly correlated to the lack of care he received, whether the six hours that he was in custody before he would receive that care, that medical attention, if that would have made the difference, is unknown. Hmm. Now, that's harsh. There is major speculation on why there is so little surrounding this case after the interrogation is because of the authorities not wanting much information out there, because mm-hmm. of the the oopsie that they did, because of those six hours without medical attention. Okay, but. Can I just say something really quick here? Like staring at someone for like six hours, okay? Okay. Would you like literally not notice that they had bullet holes in their face? What were they looking at exactly? Well, the bullet holes weren't super obvious bullet holes. They looked more like cuts and gashes apparently. Um, Even in the interrogation, uh, the detective at one point asks him about how he got the, the gash or the cut on his nose. Mm-hmm. So he identifies the exit wound from one of the bullets um, as a cut. That's what it apparently looked like. But then just thinking about this too, this just popped in my head, like murder or not. I mean, he was in rough shape. They maybe should have had him looked at before 
he was brought in for questioning, hey? Well, in that interrogation, you hear him say, you should go to a hospital. And you also hear him say, you shouldn't sleep because you most likely have a concussion. Yet they're still not treating him. Yet we're still going to sit you here and ask you a million questions. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah, that's not great. Put it this way. If you have an assailant stab someone, but they end up getting stabbed too, Mm -hmm. you still need to treat both individuals. Yes. So why didn't they treat him? Even though they know he has a concussion and they know he needs medical attention. Well, like even just thinking about the fact that he wasn't making any sense and all that jazz, like you think, okay, because even when you were going through it at first, I was like, okay, like maybe they should just like stop here. Like something's not, not quite right. And when you watch that interrogation footage, it's almost immediate that you can tell something's not right. Okay. That's really sad. He's like putting his head down on the table. He's moaning. He's very uncomfortable, very disoriented. He looks like he's been awake for the last week. Like he is in rough shape. Oh my gosh. So if I watch some of this, it's probably going to just like destroy my heart a little. Yes. It's extremely obvious. He needed medical attention. Dang. However, he was held in custody for six hours before he received it. Hmm. I'm not saying that he didn't need to be questioned. I'm not saying it's not right that he was a suspect. I'm just Hmm. saying they still need to get medical attention. Yeah. Nope, that's totally fair. But I also feel like, okay, that's six hours. It's six hours too long. But then grant you, he was like two days just alone. So, I mean, there was a lot of damage. I even mentioned that earlier. It could have been done at that point too. Yes. I'm not certain that six hours would make a difference in the end to – um, save whatever portion of mm-hmm. brain or save his sight or even save him from the seizure. But. But he still was not being treated like yes. a human being. Yes. That needed help. He needed medical attention and it was not being provided. Yeah. No, that's not right. Yeah. So that is a wild case. That is the case of Ryan Weller and Heather Kwan. Yeah. That one I found on Reddit. It was under the, the uh, subtext of cases that you that you've heard of with crazy twists and turns or something like that so well that's just like a pile of shit really (laughs) that was a pile of shit wow okay like i mean you did it well but it's just like that's just sad and i mean he got 10 years i guess but it's like that's sad that he died in the end and Mm -hmm. i wonder exactly how how those 10 years of his life were he probably like i mean he had um the sight and stuff, but I mean, also a lot of trauma, I'm sure. Well, those 10 years of his life, last 10 years, he did have to move back in with his parents because he was not uh, able to completely look after himself. He was not, no, he was no longer dependent. He needed someone uh, to assist for assisted living. Mm. Hmm. Yep. Dang. So yeah, that's the case. And the dad, uh, Richie's dad is just living his best life probably. Yep. Well, who knows, but yeah, don't love that. No, I don't love a lot of stuff about this case, but that's how it went down. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'm curious if like many people have heard this. Yeah. Let us know if you've heard of this case before. Uh, like I say, we're trying to find some more lesser known cases for you. You guys seem to be enjoying it, but don't count out those big ones because we're going to be doing those too. 
If you want to hear more, of course, you can listen to the rest of our episodes. If you haven't already, you can find us on Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes and some more behind the scenes content. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook. We even have a Reddit page, a web page. We got a lot of stuff going on. Look us up. Wicked at Grim. All the links are down below. You can even check out our merch. We got, we just got it all, eh? We got it all. What do we not have? Right. And for the record, the merch is drawn all by oh my truly, gosh! Yeah, right here. And hey, I'm like representing the merch right now. You're wearing it. I right live now. The, in the shirt, and you look good. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We do truly appreciate it. If you're still listening this far, you're here to the very bitter end. Yeah, you're a true rock star. You are. And may we ask, you go give us a rating. We don't ask all the time. Give us an honest rating, whether it's one. But I suggest five stars. You can give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It means the world to us. Oh, yeah. It totally helps. It means so, so much. Yeah. But honestly, well done, Ben. Thank Good you. Good case. Thank you. And until next time. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.